Oh, I also discovered that when we release an episode on Spotify, you can now put like a poll into the episode. Um, so I've been adding some questions on the here's what's spinning ones for now of just like, what's some like your favorite albums that have been released this year or tell us we're crazy with these ratings and stuff like that. So cool. If you're listening on Spotify, scroll down, find our polls. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, little Freudian slip there (laughs) you're listening to the Adam and Kyle podcast where we hope to ignite inspiration through seeking the extraordinary and the ordinary we will bring you episodes where we will let you in on our decades long journey as friends and have conversations with guests about their passions learning through lived experiences and what challenges and excites them Also listen for bonus episodes that revolve around our shared love for music as we take a deep dive into our favorite bands, albums, and what we're spinning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Adam and Kyle podcast. This is Adam. I'm here with Kyle. What's up? And this is another edition of Here's What's Spinning. Behind the scenes... We've had many technical difficulties trying to get this started. Yeah, we are starting over an hour late. <laughs> yep. But we're good to go now, and we're here to bring you lots of new music, uh, a, a few album reviews of ones that came out, another potential album of the year candidate, dare I say. Ooh. And we're also going to go over some of the... Requests and mentions of artists from our latest guest, Kelsey, that you would have heard last week. So let's just get right into it. Let's try and keep this less than two hours like the other one. (laughs) (laughs) We just like to talk. It's just a thing. (laughs) We just like to talk and you can like you can just blame the musicians out there for putting out so much music. Exactly. It's not even our fault. It's not even our fault. Um, let's get going with what Kelsey Rain, our latest guest, told us to check out. Um, so, do you want to kick first us of all, off? I just wanted to say uh, thank you to Kelsey for these recommendations. Um, it, it was it was fun listening yes. to them. So, the the first person that she recommended was singer songwriter Dermot Kennedy. Thermo Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Oh. Is it a soft T? <laughs> Maybe it's a silent N. It's Dermo <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed listening to him. Oh, I, I, fa- I found that he was uh, catchy. It was pretty typical like folk storytelling with some pop vibes to it. Um, I found that like we've talked about Teddy yeah. Swims before and I found Derma Kennedy sounded a lot like teddy swims or vice versa i don't know who came first but i found them very similar just a little more irish that's right yeah 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 i mean i've heard dermot kennedy before my wife actually listens to him a little bit oh nice and she showed me him i like his voice there is there's like i mean like any kind of artist in or around that genre there's definitely a few things that I really don't like. Yes. But he does have this like EP that's like just him like stripped down and acoustic. Oh yeah. And that's 
definitely his best, in my opinion, from the little I know about him. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. But I also like when you can hear like someone's accent in their singing. Mm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. It it doesn't always come through. I think that Western music kind of dilutes accents a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because there's another band with a singer who has an accent on this list that we'll get to that I very much enjoy. Oh, I don't think I caught that one, but very, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, so I'm actually gonna just going to go in a little bit out of order from what she recommended uh, just because of the okay. genre type. But uh, the next person that she talked about was Forrest Black. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary Boy. That's right. Um, I found kind of the same thing. He's kind of a typical singer-songwriter. Um, I find that this Dermot Kennedy, Forrest Black, like this genre, I like listening to kind of in the background. I like listening to while I'm working or focused on something else because I find that it does right. start to sound the same to me. Um, not that that's the same for everybody, but that's just my opinion. Um, liked it, but it's just right. not something I put on to just listen to. Totally. That's basically how I feel about that music. I think that's also part of the reason why that style of music is so popular. Cause I think it can, it can just be like put on like at an office or like in a mall or yeah stuff like that. And it can just constantly be playing. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why that music is so popular, but yeah, that's fair. It's very yeah. singer songwriter. It's easy to listen to. It's very soothing and calming. Um, I just, yeah, yeah I find that, whether it's Forrest Black or Dermot Kennedy or whatever umpteen else musicians, they're always on the easy listening playlists on, on Spotify. And I find that they all right. suit well together, but no one really stands out to me. Fair enough. Yeah. Unless you're Teddy Swims. <laughs> yeah, Teddy, Teddy Swims. stands out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a little bit more of a, a personality to his voice, uh, which kind of, totally. I think, just pops it out a bit. Which is the same, like, the next... Go. Sorry, what? We're going to go see Teddy Swims in Vancouver next year. Oh, that's exciting. That'll be really fun. Yeah, he's he's coming here in, like, March. Oh, yeah. Who is he coming with? Yeah. Uh, some, some small, unknown... Oh, okay. ...band. Like, he's just playing, like, the Orpheum here, so it's like a... Like two thousand seats, maybe. Nice. Okay, that'll be that'll be really fun. That's really yeah. intimate. Oh, I'm excited. I just want him to sing me to sleep every night. <laughs> uh, the next person that Kelsey talked about was Dean Lewis, and uh, as far as singer songwriters go, I actually thought that. Dean Lewis did a lot better job of like adding some more thought into the backing tracks. He put some more thought into like the rhythm and the emphasis and the vocals and melodies. And so as far totally. as all three of these guys go, Dean Lewis stood out the most to me. I would agree with that. It also shocked me when I looked him up that he has a song on Spotify that has 1.1 billion streams. What? <laughs> yeah. Billion with a B. Holy smokes. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, especially since and the next like highest is 350 million. I know. 
but uh, that was the first song I listened to, and I was like, oh yeah, of course, I know this song. Yeah, totally. That's and, I, and again, like, kind of heard it everywhere. But yeah, he's he's good, and he's kind of cool, cool looking. Yep. <laughs> Which I like, so, cool looking dudes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, Frank. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <sighs> the, so, I guess moving past singer-songwriters, uh, Kelsey suggested uh, we listen to July Talk, which um, I've listened to before. I've, I've known about them for a while. I've seen them live before, too, at the Coke stage. I've listened to much of them. Haven't seen them live, but listened to much of them. Yeah, and from what uh, Kelsey said, like I saw them live at the Coke stage, and it sounds like I was missing out on a lot of their live... Uh, personas apparently when they're headlining shows their their show is actually quite experimental and quite interesting to, to listen hmm. to and watch so um but if which you, would be cool and kind of suits the sound of their music because that guy has one of the most interesting voices i've ever heard absolutely he does um and for those who don't know him uh they, they're definitely worth listening to they got two lead singers one's a female and one's this guy with a very very interesting kind of bluesy voice uh, like old school yeah. blues. Um, they got great harmonies, great duets, good call and answers. And then like the instruments behind them are just a very creative use of melodies and, uh, and grooves to support the singers. So overall, really a big fan of July Talk myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to check out their latest album. Um, Pray For It that came out, came out in 2020. Oh, yeah. Because I had heard their first two, and for some reason, that's just what I went... Well, that was like what was in my library, so that's what I went back to. Right. And kind of more so revisited them, because I do enjoy them. But yeah. I haven't actually heard their newest one. I didn't realize that they had released the newest one, so I actually haven't heard it either. I only listened to Touch and the uh, first self-titled one. Yeah. Well, add it to our ongoing list. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's technically from 2020, so it shouldn't uh, make it onto our top lists of this year, but uh, I that's think we'll go listen that's to true. it. Yeah. That's true. Um, okay, so that was our recommendations from Kelsey Rain. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to her episode. It was very interesting. And then... <laughs> There's links in that episode to go listen to Kelsey's music on Spotify yep. and Apple Music. And you should definitely do that, if, especially if you're into the singer-songwriter vein of music. Absolutely. And one thing I like about Kelsey's music is that she really takes that experimental uh, musicality further than a lot of singer-songwriters, right? Like, she's got a lot of depth to totally. her music as well, which is very cool. Yeah, after she told us about the, the broken freezer thing at the beginning of her newest song, yeah. I immediately went back and listened to it. And <laughs> Me too. When I heard that again, I was just like, that's so cool. <laughs> I did the same thing, man. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I was like, what a great way of use of everyday sound. Oh, I know. It's great. It's really yeah. cool. I love when people do stuff like that. Totally. In the new... Um, I'll tell two really quick stories. In the new Rivers of Nile album, they did a little like Instagram video of them going to this old warehouse 
in Pennsylvania. It was like a like a metalworking factory or something that's been shut down for forever. Yeah. And they went there in the middle of the night while it was pouring rain. And there's like these old metal poles and they just took these steel pipes and started clanging on them and were and hit record while they were doing that. And then that like sound of like rain and the pipes hitting the old metal and echoing throughout the factory is in the bit is in like the background of their song focus. Really? That's so cool. Yeah. And then the other one of my favorites stories I've heard of, of someone doing crazy stuff is the band Agalock. Yeah. Who our former band member Craig was really into. Um, their song, uh, in the shadow of my pale companion, which might be one of the best songs ever written, by the way, uh, in that recording, there's like this weird, like little, like dinging echo sound that you hear throughout the song. Yeah. And it's actually a Kyle, you'll definitely appreciate this. It's, it's an old deer skull that is obviously hollowed out. And they put a microphone up into the deer skull and they're just hitting it with a drumstick. <laughs> and that's the sound of the, <laughs> that you hear in the, in, throughout that song. Oh, uh, that's, that's very funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I love when kind of artists just play around with those like weird textures and weird sounds and mm-hmm. you put whatever the hell you want onto your song. Cause why not? That's right. And I find that sometimes like people can overdo it. Like there's a genre of music called noise, which basically takes that to the extreme. And I, don't appreciate yeah. that in the same way as it being musically integrated to, to, to songwriting. Right. Yeah. I would agree. Noise is just, it's, it's a whole new. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is bad. Yeah. Maybe we should make a noise record, Kyle. I would rather scrape my nails on a chalkboard. And get run over by a bus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so there goes that. <laughs> Good uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Singles. Should we get into the singles before we yeah. get into our album reviews? Yeah. So we have what, five album reviews? Yeah. 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 Okay. The first single on our list, I'm just going from our list that's on um, Asana here. Sure. The uh, NHC band, which is a super group, Taylor Hawkins, Dave Navarro, Chris Ch- 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 Chaney? Ch- Chaney? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I've never heard Chaney? of Chris Chaney before, so I don't know anything about him. I don't remember where he's from. Googling, Googling. Jane's Addiction. Um, Jane's Addiction, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's where the Dave Navarro connection comes in, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Navarro. Man, Dave Navarro's played in some cool bands. Jane's Addiction and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. And then was married to Carmen Electra. So, I mean, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. If you're into that sort of thing. Actually, Chris Chaney has done a lot of uh, session work also. Joe Cocker, Shakira, Adam Lambert, oh. Alanis Morissette, Avril Lavigne, Brian Adams. Like, he's done a lot of work, too. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, I liked this stuff. I really like the sound of Taylor Hawkins' voice. Yep, I agreed. I think he's got a really cool voice. Like, cool enough that, like, if God forbid something ever happened to Dave Grohl, he could just take over. Yeah, kind of thing. I thought that it was very Dave Grohl-esque, and, and the whole vibes from NHC were very much like Foo Fighters. I mean, it's probably hard to get away from that when you've been in a band for that band for 20 years. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But I've listened to some of Taylor Hawkins's other solo stuff. Like um, he has just like a solo project called Taylor Hawkins. And then he has another band called Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. Right. Um, and it's all like just good straightforward rock and roll just like the Foo Fighters are so nice if you're into that stuff it's really cool yep super catchy good hooks you know the huge yeah for sure um okay the next one on the list is possibly actually no not possibly it's the the two singles I'm the most excited about okay I would say and this is from a band that I had never heard before and honestly never really gave a chance to listen to because I hated their name. <laughs> and I was like, what, is, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, but I heard their, their two singles. I kept seeing like the video for it pop up on YouTube and it was like, nine, like a nine and a half minute long video that kind of combined... There are two singles, which I thought was really interesting because on their album where the where the singles are placed, it's like the second song on the album and the ninth song on the album. Okay, but they put them together for the music video. But they decided, yeah, to put them together for the music video and it and it worked like really well. And it kind of felt like one song. Maybe it was written as one song and they I don't know what the plan was. But anyway. This is from the band Biffy Clyro <laughs> and there are two singles, A Hunger in Your Haunt and Unknown Male 01. <laughs> um, I'm really curious to hear what you thought of this because this just like these two songs just caught my ear the right way and I've listened to them many times since. Okay. And I immediately just like pre-ordered the album that's coming out this year. And I was like, I'm very intrigued in this band. Yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting take on progressive rock, what they've done. Um, yeah. I, I found that the first time I listened to them, I didn't like them. I've only listened to them twice, but the second time uh, they definitely grew on me. So mm-hmm. I think if I spent a little bit of time with it and got to appreciate it, I'd like it more. But uh, it didn't really make it to the top ends of my list this week. Hmm. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is off the album The Myth of the Happily Ever After. And of course, it's being released on October 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Along with Dream Theater and apparently every other release this month. Good, good. Um yeah, there's just some there's just something about it. I like I the first time I heard it, I watched the video. Yeah. 
and didn't like pay too much attention really in depth to like the music just kind of got sucked in by the video oh yeah and then i listened to it after and i found myself just like jamming these in the car like just blasting them nice cool over and over and i just i really really liked it so it was just kind of kind of just caught me off guard i just thought it was super cool but i'll definitely check out their album eventually cool when it comes out um i haven't had a chance to dive into any of their older stuff apparently their older stuff like their really early albums are way heavier oh is that right so okay anyway well if uh if i come across them again i'll definitely give them a listen like i say they didn't grab me the same way but uh that's why we chat about it (laughs) exactly yeah so that's biffy clyro cool uh next resurrecting from the dead apparently yeah with an Uh, aptly named song and berlin yeah (laughs) And Berlin with their new single, Two Graves. First new single in like six, seven years. Has it been that long for them? Holy And smoke. Well, because they broke up for a long time. Oh, okay. And then from what I have heard, it, they only got together again because of the pandemic and they decided to just get together and do some live streams. Yeah. And I ended up catching one of their live streams actually, because they were doing, uh, they were doing, um, they were like doing all their old albums beginning to end essentially. Right. And when they did cities, which is definitely my favorite album of theirs. Beginning to end, I watched that one. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, first single in seven years. Jeez. So what'd you think of it? So I guess what... Or do you want me to go first? I I mean, I liked it. (laughs) Yeah? Like, it's just like it was... It sounded like Anne Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) There was some like cool stuff in there, like nothing really like out of the box like super creative but it was just like a good straightforward like song i don't know i like yeah. i liked it because i like amber lynn right yeah I, it's kind of one of those funny funny situations where it's like because i'm such like because i'm like a i was, I was gonna say like a huge fan of amber lynn. i wouldn't say i'm a huge fan but i really like amber lynn and because i like them i think i liked this song more right but if I had like never heard of the band ever before and this single came out, I would have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Might not listen to this band again. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's, that's kind of how okay. I found it too. I didn't find it very interesting. Um, I found the song long. Like I got bored in it. Um, and then yeah. also I've like, I've never been a huge fan of Amberlynn. There's like one or two songs that I've liked, but because we've played them in a band. And I tend to like songs that we've covered. Um, but I just found that uh, like the singer didn't like seems tired. Like he wasn't pushing himself the same way or it didn't have the same like tonality that he used to have, uh, which is mm-hmm. fair because it's a very high range and to expect to keep that forever is unreasonable. Uh, totally. 
So yeah, o- overall, again, not not very high on my list, but uh, it was fun yeah. to hear them again. <laughs> totally. Like if Amberlynn announces a new album, like I'll check it out. Yeah. Because it's Amberlynn. Totally. But yeah, besides that, it's kind of the same way I felt about, and I hate to say this because I really love this band. It's kind of how I felt about the two newest singles from Alexis on Fire. Yeah. The ones they released last year. Yeah. It was like, I really, it was like, I liked them because I love Alexis on Fire. Yeah. But they weren't really strong songs. No, especially for them. Yeah. Who have come out with some like incredible music in the past. So totally. Yep. Agreed. Uh, The next one. Another new song <laughs> from The Devil Wears Prada. Yep. Called Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. This one I felt was more so like a mix of like, because like the zombie stuff, their latest EP, like, is I think it's like a different type of band (laughs) like they purposely make stuff like super heavy and kind of crazy yeah but their latest like studio album in 2019 which i can't remember the name of it's like a little more i guess on the on the mainstreamy side right of things and this song i thought was a kind of a good mix of both yeah that's fair of those things and i liked it yeah, <laughs> I think I was I was pretty uh, uh, harsh on this one too. I I, I said it was it was okay, um, but I listened to it three times because I kept trying to listen to it, and every single time it lost mm-hmm. my attention. Like I got distracted every time, so hmm. that kind of clouded my opinion of it. Just because I found it so easy to put it into the background. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Devil Wears Prada, I kind of feel the same way about Amberlynn, honestly. Like I, there's a few songs that I like mm. by them, like Gimme Half is one of them. We've never covered Devil Wears Prada, but I just, it, it, they've never grabbed me. Um, as we talked about the zombie EP, like it was good, but it, it's just really not my style. Hmm. Yeah, he's definitely got a love, him, love or hate it kind of style voice and That's scream yeah. for sure. Very unique. I yeah. have a love I have a love hate relationship with Devil's Powder. I go through phases where I will never listen to them. Yeah. And then like I've listened to that zombie EP quite a bit. And then maybe because I've enjoyed that, I enjoyed this single a lot. Right. But I don't know. Fair enough. Again, they're kind of just they are definitely maturing as a band i think so yeah they're becoming i'll say that yeah definitely they're kind of falling into their sound and becoming a little bit more refined yeah but definitely an acquired taste yep and speaking of acquired tastes (laughs) (laughs) um we got a new song from limp (laughs) biscuit yes yes that limp biscuit the real limp biscuit yeah a surprise um, to hear that. For a surprise. Sure. No kidding. So that was their first single in 10 years. Um, <laughs> I just, every, <laughs> I still have, like, 
If this is like the type of song that I hated to love. <laughs> uh, I, I agree, but I feel like it was because of nostalgia more than quality. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like, even just the artwork is just hysterical. Because like, I don't know if any of you listening out there have seen what Fred Durst look, looks like right now. But, I, I don't. But go Google him right now. Um, well, that's him on the cover. Okay. With, with like the weird glasses and the, and the hair and the mustache and like. Gotcha. Gotcha. I just, I don't, this band, I don't fully understand. Cause one, um, like if you, if you dive into like some of their older albums, there's like legitimately some gems on there yeah yeah like rearranged is a fantastic song totally and like they're just a band i just don't understand and it, and and in another weird thing it's like one of those things where um like if they were ever on a bill at a concert I bet you it would be a very fun show. Oh yeah, I think that'd be a blast to see. And like for me, like some of the nostalgia would be like break stuff and nookie. Oh yeah. And my way. Like my way was huge on big shiny tunes, right? Yeah. Yeah, my way generation. Yeah. But it was funny hearing this this song come out. Um I did find that like the overall tempo of the song was slower than I remember Lip Biscuit being. And I think that, like, I yeah. obviously don't know what they're continuing to do or continue to write, but I do wonder if it's uh, another factor of, you know, age just slowing down or maturing. It was catchy um, and right on brand for them and hilarious to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Limp Biscuit. Dad vibes. <laughs> I mean, the name of the song alone made me laugh. Mm -hmm. um, fun fact about Limp Biscuit that I came across while I was looking up their other albums. Um, so their album, Significant Other, that came out in 99, was like obviously a huge hit. Yep. And then their follow-up to that album chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water which might be the best album <laughs> name ever yes um the that so that follow-up it was so hyped up that it still currently holds the like record across music history as the like the the fastest selling album to a million copies in the United States in the first 24 hours of its release. No shit. So it, it sold, it sold its millionth copy in the U S in under an hour. That's insane. When it, when it was first released. <laughs> Holy smokes. And no album has ever done that since. So there you go. Yeah. Well, thinking about that time, like they would have been one of the first, uh, I guess, like, publicly broadcast crossovers between, you know, hip-hop and, like, rock and metal. 
Yeah, because the did they come before like did significant other that one in ninety nine did that come before Lincoln Park? Because uh, Lincoln Park would have been the only other band, right? That kind of would really yeah have made that famous. And uh, what's his face kind of um, did that Nine, too. Nine Inch Nails? No, I was thinking about um. The guy that does Bawa to Baba. Oh, um, Kid Rock? Kid Rock, yeah, Kid Rock kind of came out around that same time doing the same thing. Yeah, because yeah, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park came out in 2000. Yeah, and then, yeah, Reanimation 2002, so they were after Linkin Park. And, uh, I'm just... Yeah, looking. it, it might have been Limp Biscuit that kind of started this whole... This whole trend. Yep. Well, I guess Kid Rock. So the album with uh, Bawa to Baba, Cowboy, like kind of rock, uh, roving gangster. Though that yeah. was 1998. So he might have. I think he's Devil Without a Cause. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, hmm. that that was right around the time Kid Rock wasn't played on the radio as much, though, because he was a lot more racy and a lot more vulgar. Uh, so I think right Limbiscuit probably was more publicly accessible, which makes sense why they'd be a fast-selling or uh, highly publicized album release. Totally. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, that was... That album's huge. Yep. As we're talking, I'm trying to find out how much it's actually sold, but like, Limp Bizkit stuff. Yeah. What's it? I was yeah. looking Limp Bizkit's last album was 2011, so, the, like, it's been 10 years, and they just released this single, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, they've sold 40 million records worldwide. Holy smoke. And, yeah. So, yeah, in the... In the in just the U.S. alone, significant other sold seven point two million copies, and then Chocolate Starfish eight million, and it was the number one release in U.S., Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Netherlands, New Zealand, Switzerland, and the U.K. Oh my God, that's jeez, that's crazy. Wow. Good for them. Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on. on. Yeah. Uh, moving on. From, uh, actually, there is a connection here. I was going to say from Fred Dirtz to Courtney LaPlante. And I say there's a connection here because Spirit Box just opened, just did a short tour with Limp Biscuit and opened for them. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's not even joking. That's really hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so one of our, one of our, uh, favorite bands and definitely one of our favorite albums of the year era re-released one of their singles, Vanish Canvas with the one and only Courtney LaPlante. Yeah. The unofficial wife of our podcast. <laughs> um, she doesn't know that, but she doesn't need to. No, maybe one day she'll hear that and agree. Maybe. Um, what were your What were your thoughts on this? Uh, 
I, when I first saw that they were doing a collaboration, I was actually expecting to hear more of Courtney on the, uh, on the, on the song. However, yeah. the way that they chose to work Courtney in that song, Vanish Canvas, it's, um, it's got a very significant turning point in the song where it kind of goes from a really like minor sad feel to a kind of major hopeful feel. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's something we've talked about before. And what they did is they actually just put Courtney on at that hopeful ending. And actually the change of vocalist I found accentuated the, uh, the transition in the song. So I actually like how they did it more than what I was expecting to hear. Yep. I would agree. It was yeah. short and sweet. Yeah. I, I felt the exact same way. I was kind of expecting a longer feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also like, yeah, used, used her properly within the song. Totally. Which is exactly like era is just killing it right now. And so is Courtney Dupont. Like the fact that they made that choice instead of going with what people's expectations were or are, yeah. I think like they nailed it on the head. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Arguably two, like these two bands are. I mean, you could argue that Spearbox has already popped, yeah. but Era is like right there. They're on the, like, I think they're the best metalcore band out there right now. Totally. Easily. Uh, okay. I'm going to switch up these last two because I want to save the other one for the last. Okay. Um, a band that I newly discovered... Again, thanks to uh, the YouTube channel, The Breakdown with Nathan Johnny. If you haven't checked them out, do it. Uh, a band called Ocean Sleeper and their single Forever Sinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you go first because <laughs> my opinion on this song drastically changed upon further lessons. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I put all these songs on a playlist and kind of just like listen to them in the back, like as I was going about my day, this song, right. um, really caught my attention. Like every time it caught my attention is I found it really high energy. I found it a cool use of stops and silence. Like they, there's a few times where they stop. And most times when a band uh, puts a rest in or a stop in, they let a cymbal ring or they leave some sort of ambience in place. And uh, mm-hmm. this song, they actually just cut everything out. And I actually thought that it was my Bluetooth cutting in and out the first time and then realized that it was a part of the song. <laughs> uh, right. And I thought it was cool, like uh, uh, kind of a little bit more like novel. Um, I'm not sure that yep. it's something that we'll continue to see, but it was a cool uh, exploration of, of the use of silence. Uh, and I thought right. that the hook was really good for the song, too. So I, I really, really liked the song. Yeah, I really liked it when I first heard it. Okay. And 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 continued to really like it and then I listened to it more and for and I just maybe I over-listened to it, but I started getting bored of it. Like it was one of those ones that like really excited me upon first listen. Yeah. But I would say the the repeatability factor started to lose me a little bit. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I didn't listen to it that many times, so I can't comment on that, but that's interesting. Yeah, but 
I do really like them. I don't know much about this band. I think they, they, they seem like they're up and coming. Um, there's no like announcement or anything of like an album that this is off of, but if it does end up making it onto like an album, I will definitely check it out. Totally. For sure. Yep. Agreed. Okay. So the next one, uh, this is a band I've mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, this is fit for an autopsy and their single far from heaven, which is off of their upcoming album. That's actually releasing next year. Thank God. (laughs) Um, this band, this, I feel about this band the same way I feel about rivers of Nile. Is that like, they're not, they're not typically in that genre of music that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, or are definitely not that like typical style of metal that I like. Um, but this band I feel like is just kind of changing the death metal game a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I, again, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but their album that came out in 2019, the sea of tragic beasts. I think that made it into my top five, maybe top 10 that year of, of albums of the year. Yep. That's the first um, time I heard I them. Still, yeah. yeah. And I still listen to it like f- semi-regularly. Uh, and it's just incredible. And that, and it caught my ear because they were doing some things different, like some cleans and yeah, I usually don't like death metal because it's just like, I feel like it's very intense and like that style of screaming and the like constant blast beats. I just can't, I just can't do it. No, I, I <laughs> especially, agree. especially for a full album. Yeah. But these, these guys seem to keep like, keeping things fresh and I feel like this single just kept doing that. I found it very interesting mm-hmm. and I just loved, I loved the sound of it. I loved the feel of it. I just, yeah, I felt the same way and I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, well, the rest of the album and I'll definitely take a listen. Like I say, the the sea of tragic beasts was Mm -hmm. the first time i had heard them as well that showed up on one of your lists and uh yeah yep uh i don't have much to say about it besides i really liked it it was another one of those songs that stood out to me in the in the here's a spinning playlist for this week uh and yeah really great uh and they're the one member in that band will putney he's actually like a pretty prolific like on the same scale as like Adam Dukowitz from Killswitch Engage. Okay. Really prolific like producer and mixer. Um, so he's he's done like a ma- the majority of albums all from like A Day to Remember, The Ghost Inside, Four Years Strong. He obviously produces all of Fit for an Autopsy stuff, Counterparts, Stray from the Path, Thyroid is Murder, After the Burial, Norma Jean, Silent Planet, Knocked Loose, Terror, Night Versus, which, by the way, if you haven't heard Night Versus, Eric Prada, the drummer, is, in my opinion, the best drummer on the planet right now. 
um, stick to your gun, slaughter to prevail, a cage to strain, like... Yeah. No kidding, he does a lot. Gojira, he, he produced uh, Magma by Gojira. Yeah. So that's a big one. Um, yeah, he's done a lot for today. I could just keep going. Senses fail. Lorna Shore, like... Oh, he's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. He's just... I didn't realize he was that when I do- dove into, like, his producing and mixing discography. I was like, holy shit, he's had his hands in a in a lot. Yeah, which makes sense that uh, Fit for an Autopsy is doing so many different things, because uh, having all those influences will also impact the music you're writing. It kind of broadens your scope of influence, right? Totally. Yep. Um, really quick before we get into the album, uh, the five albums that we have to review that we put our, I'm calling it our signature patent pending <laughs> album, album rating system. Um, cause you know, no one's ever rated albums before. Never once. This is exclusive um, to here's what's spinning. This is exclusive. Uh, Two singles that I just want to shout out um, are boys that have been featured on the podcast. Bear Horse did released a new single called Mammal, um, and it's great. And I laughed when I saw that it was Mammal, and I texted Alex right away, and I was like, "Another animal name or an animal themed like name in your music?" They love animals. And he just told me to fuck off. So that was that. Was that. Um, and another album that, uh, as we're recording this, was released today. Or sorry, a single that was released today. But as you listen to this, it's probably already going to be out for like two weeks. Uh, new, al- new single from August Burns Red, Vengeance. Oh, nice. And just another band that just keeps just pumping stuff out. Um, this one I haven't listened to yet. It's only two minutes and 42 seconds long. So I'm imagining it's just a freaking in your face yep. shit fest. A balls to the wall, just two minutes, two and a half minutes of ear melting goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one album announcement that was recently announced that is a sharp left turn, but I think will be really cool and will probably make it into our top 100 list. And this is a band that you told me about, Kyle. Uh, Silk Sonic announced <laughs> their new album. Nice. That'll be fun. And when's that being released? Uh, that one's November 12th. Okay, nice. Only if- And it's called An Evening with Silk Sonic. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I love that these, like, there's this movement right now to go back to like old big band kind of roots. Like one of the albums we're going to talk about today is right in line with what Silk Sonic's doing. And like that evening with idea is kind of like, yeah, it's a throwback and I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going because there's a lot of cool ideas from those days that it's fun to see resurfacing. And if there's anyone that can throw back to the big band days, it's Bruno Mars right now. Yeah. That guy, he's, he's, on, he's like on along the lines of like everything he touches turns to gold kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this album. I think it'll like from the singles, like it sounds really cool. It sounds 
old school. Um, I I wonder. I haven't read into it. I wonder if it's was like recorded live. Mm, yep. Like if they just kind of set up in a recording studio and played, and that's kind of what you hear. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see because like one of the things about the old big band days is a lot of it was recorded live or recorded on not very many tracks because it was all reel to reel, right? And so you only had a limited number of tracks or you'd be mixing down in order yeah. to increase the track limit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if modern production techniques are used and if they still use live off the floor recordings, but with modern microphones and modern track, yeah. tracking and that sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see what comes out. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, like, the reel-to-reel thing. Yeah. Foo Fighters did that not too long ago. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm also definitely going to pick this up on vinyl, because I think it'll be just, like, a cool piece to have, and totally, it'll probably sound awesome. Speaking of vinyl, did I tell you I inherited my grandma's uh, record player and her records? What, really? Yeah, so I've been going through all of her old vinyl That's and listening amazing. to it, and I've been really enjoying myself, yep. So, shout out to G-March. <laughs> thanks for, uh... <laughs> thanks for the donation to my musical journey. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I might have to send you a record for your birthday. Uh-oh. <laughs> That'll be fun. I, uh... It's a cool record player. I didn't know that it was a thing, but it's one that you can actually stack up multiple records and it just drops them one by one once they're done. And so, oh. so some of her old records uh, they have like multiple discs. Um, they're actually set up so that huh. the discs are discs, uh, sides one and four and sides two and three. So when you stack them up, they play side one, side two, and then you flip them over and they play side three and side four all in progression. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm just warning you, if you start collecting, it's hard to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I currently don't have the finances to start collecting, but I'm definitely going to be requesting them as gifts. And, uh, and, and once I've got some spare cash, there'll definitely be some more shopping for vinyl. Yeah. Um, my finally, like two months late, my copy of Colors 2 came in the mail yesterday. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. God, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was hoping to have all of, the, all of the records on vinyl in the top 10 yeah. this year. Even though that might, it's obviously subject, subject to change. Yeah. But as it stands right now, I do have Leprous's new one, Deaf Heavens, Sleep Tokens, Rivers of Nile, Spirit Box, Between the Buried and Me. And I just pre-ordered Triviums. Oh, that's amazing. So, very cool. So, we'll see. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, just, I just make myself feel better because like, this is my way of supporting the artist because I stream everything now. Yeah. Totally. No, it's, it's buying right. an album and buying so the merchandise definitely supports the artists. And it's fun to have a yeah. collection. It is. It's healthier than smoking. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more expensive for a vinyl than a pack of cigarettes, but that's 
But you're, yeah, you're not smoking one vinyl a day. <laughs> I'm spinning like seven sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, let's, uh, let's get into this. The Adam and Kyle podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Song Productions. Phoenix Song Productions is an AV system provider and integrator specializing in live sound production and recording. Phoenix Song Productions also offers technical consultations, permanent installations, and rentals. Phoenix Song's newest offerings include live streaming consultations, on-site audio and video recording, as well as technical and creative education. Check our website at www.phoenixsongproductions.com for the next education or entertainment event. Follow us on social media. Check the show notes below for links to our website and all of our social pages. Let's get into this. I, I have an order, if you don't mind. Yeah, you, you run it. Um, let's just get the, not the weird one, but the out of place one out of the way. Yep. So you told me to, you told me to listen to Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. Yeah. With their album, Love for Sale, like a duet album. Totally. Um, this one was hard for me to score just because of like certain like instrumentation or lack of instrumentation in some of the songs. Right. Um, and I didn't listen to the full album, but like 75% of it. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting because like before we get into the scores, it's like, it's obviously just like a masterclass in like singing. Yes. Because it's like, obviously Tony Bennett is legendary mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga will one day be known as legendary, I'm sure. Yep, for sure. Um. So anyway, I'm curious as to what you thought of it and then start with what your, uh, what your scores were. Okay. Uh, I personally thought the album was awesome and I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about Sammy Sonic, but I'm loving this Uh movement of, of throwbacks to old school, big band, because it's a big part of Western music and where it is today. And, uh, I think that this collaboration of Lady Gaga, kind of this new pop music with Tony Bennett, this old pop music, I thought that their love child was great. It was incredible. Great to listen to. Yeah, this would be cool to see like, at like one of those like jazz clubs. Yeah. Live and like seeing them. I'm sure they'll do like a little tour type thing. Yeah, that would be very cool to see and probably a once in a lifetime to see. Totally. And yeah, it was like a cool v- mix of like um like some covers and some of like both of their original yeah. Yeah. songs and stuff like that. That's right. Um I did read that the the only reason why this album was done is because they did um they did a song together called Cheek to Cheek. Yep. Uh, in 2014. And it, oh, it ended up being a full album, actually. Oh, I misread that. This is the second time they've done this. Oh, that's uh, news to they me. They did as an well. album. Yeah, they did an album together in 2014. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, but they did a song together called Cheek to Cheek and it like obviously shot to like number one 
like right away. Yeah. Yeah. And so they decided to get together and do another one. Cool. Um, okay. Well, let's grade it. I'll just get into the scores for this Love for Sale album. So I gave it an overall rating of 22 out of 25. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that the vocals were great. I gave them a 4. I gave instruments a 4.8, drums a 4.8, songwriting a 4, and production a 4.4. 4. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised your vocals were only a four. I gave vocals a five. Okay, nice. Yeah. Because I was like, it's like, how can you not? <laughs> but yeah, like drums and and like instrumentation and stuff, I gave three. Okay. Because it more so felt like, like when you're listening to a record like that, it's like you're listening to hear Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett sing. Right. And I didn't once pay attention to like the instruments that were going on in the background. And then when I tried to focus on them for the scores, I just kept listening to Lady Gaga <laughs> sing to me. Yeah, that's fair. So that's the only reason why they got such a low score. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, songwriting, I gave 4.5 production. I gave four. Nice. Okay. So my total was 19 and a half. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I found that uh, like when I listened to the guitar or the instruments and, and drums, um, I was one listening to like uh, composing and playing in a big band is like a big challenge. And like it's very True. it's very easy to. Especially with an instrument like drums, given drums a percussion, uh, you can overpower the band. And so the reason I gave them so high is because they shone where they needed to and didn't where they shouldn't. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Great. It is a great listen, and it's something you can put on with your parents. And <laughs> they'll enjoy it. And Yeah. Put it on with a hot date, candlelight dinner. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the album Manic by Wage War. So I'm really sad, but I listened to this album and I rated it and I put the ratings on my phone while I was at the gym and <laughs> they're no longer there. So I don't remember oh. what I rated this album. So take it away, Adam. <laughs> Do you remember ballpark-ish where it ended up? I don't know. Um, okay, my my final rating was twenty point three okay. out of twenty five. Um, I gave guitars and bass three point five. Uh, vocals four point one. It was all relatively the same. Drums, 4.2. Songwriting, 4.3. Production, 4.2. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. An overall 80% album. Yeah, it was, really, it was a really cool listen. There's definitely some songs on there that didn't quite grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like an overall like listen through of the album i i did enjoy it there's definitely some songs i went back to um because there's some really cool like little tidbits in there that i think were really interesting 
Um, yeah, I've never really listened to too much of Wage War in the past. They're another one of those bands that like their first album was like super heavy, kind of like this one. And then they went like radio friendly. Right. And then because they're angry of the pandemic, they released another just banger. Yeah. And yeah, there's some really, some really cool stuff and there's some like industrial sounds and this and that. So yeah, if I like listen through the record again, like there's definitely some songs I skip. Yep. But, um, I really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Cool. Will it make it into the top 100? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many albums that are uh, falling the next, right around that 80% mark that, like, the top 100 is going to be hard, too. It's, it is. Like, I, like, how many, I don't know how to rearrange it, <laughs> is basically where I'm at. Like, and we had another one come out this week that's like, We'll get to it. Yeah, I'm excited. A couple albums away, but like, easily could be in the top ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very easily. Even our top ten, we're gonna have to start calling the top fifteen pretty soon because it's gonna be way too hard to drop it down to ten. Well, I'm doing I'm I'm doing top one hundred no matter what. Yeah. And we're just gonna we're just gonna have to go through it. Okay. Cool. Um. Okay. Uh, the next album will certainly be in my top 100. Uh, it's the album Helpless, debut album, by a Brazilian metalcore band called Axty, I think. <laughs> yep, A-X-T-Y. Um, it's literally spelled A-X-T-Y, yeah. I don't understand that band name. Um, these guys... I think I think the guy's voice is another kind of love it or hate it style voice. Yep. Um, when I heard it, judging from your expression on your face, I don't think you liked it very much. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, I loved it right off the bat. I thought his voice was super unique and that kind of like cool mix of like sing, scream. Yeah. Uh, which at first I was like in the first couple songs, especially like or their first singles. Especially, I was like, is he kind of like overusing this? But then maybe that's just kind of generally his style of vocals. And like throughout the album, it, I felt like it pops up more so earlier in the album than it does later. Right. Um, I just found these guys really unique. There's some really cool sounds going on in there. Um, they're like super high energy, really cool kind of like guitar work. Um, and there's also some songs in there that'll just catch you off guard. They're kind of like industrial, <laughs> like electronic-y. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, like really cool melodies, I thought, too. And for for me, obviously, just my opinion, like it's, especially in the metalcore genre, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of like stand out a little bit. Right. And I felt that they were definitely had a, a unique enough sound that I was like, oh yeah, these guys, these guys are really cool. And I gave them a pretty high rating ish sort of. Okay, great. So I, I definitely agree with the uniqueness 
side of things that you mentioned. I, uh, I personally, I think was a little bit harsher on them because, uh, well, for one, I'm trying to use the whole scale of our rating system. Right. And, uh, these guys didn't grab me the same way. It sounds like they grabbed you. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So what'd you, what'd you give them for scores? Uh, guitars and bass. I gave 4.3. Okay. I gave him a 3.7. Okay. Yeah. Vocals. There'll be a big discrepancy on this one. (laughs) To love it or hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I gave, I gave 4.5. Yeah. I gave 3.6. Okay. Yeah. Uh, drums. I just gave four. I gave him three. Three on the drums. Why? Because I just thought that they were average, and three's the middle of the scale. Hmm. Well, actually, two point five is the middle of the scale. Well, yeah. Okay, so slightly above average. <laughs> <laughs> um, songwriting. I gave four point eight. <laughs> I gave I gave a three point two. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you say, I, I didn't really find anything really cohesive, right? So I just gave it a low score because it just didn't take me with them. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, production was my lowest score. I gave 3.8. <laughs> I gave 2.8. <laughs> Whoa, that's really low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is like that industrial sound has never really, I've never really liked it either. Um, I mm-hmm. think that even an industrial sounding music can still be sonically uh, uniform. And I just find that it isn't. It's very tinny. It's very kind of like harsh to listen to. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So what was your total score? Um, 21.4 uh, 16.3 whoa yeah yeah interesting it's just interesting how different bands grab different people it really is and that's well part of the reason that i love doing this rating system that we're not agreeing on on scores yeah. because it kind of gives different perspectives and actually really starts to show like while you and i have very similar music tastes they definitely differ in some pretty significant ways Totally. I think I like more of like the really heavier stuff more so than you do. Definitely. Yep. Which I mean, there's whatever. It's just, <laughs> just our tastes. Yeah. But yeah. Weird flex Adam, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I just have kept this out. This album's kind of been on repeat this one and the next two. Oh, really? Yeah, I uh, listened to it once and that was enough. I moved on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the next album, uh, the album Glow On by a band called Turnstile. Um, this is another one where I had never heard of this band before. And... This album was kind of like a holy shit moment for me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> not for you? No. <laughs> really? No. Man, I found this album like very, very catchy. Okay. And like just a really cool mix of like hardcore and punk, but then like I don't know. I, I've described it to people as like a heavy Weezer. Yeah, I think that you kind of alluded to that uh, when you put it on the list. But yeah, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Shall we do this? Because our scores are going to be very yeah. different again. <laughs> I'm very curious. Okay. I thought this one you would you would have loved because it's just so it's just so different from anything I've ever heard. Uh, it was definitely different. I just uh, again, it just didn't really grab me, so I was pretty harsh on it. Huh. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Vocals. I gave a one point six. What? <laughs> one point six? Yeah. I found that it was just like I actually feel the same way about most punk music. It's just yelling non-discriminately. Like I don't find it fun to listen to at all. But they weren't yelling. Okay. There's maybe a couple spots, but like oh. that's why I thought it was so different is because they weren't. Oh, you know what? Okay, was there not? Hold on, I'm just listening to it quickly. I was skipping through a bunch of songs. Mm. Like the song Underwater Boy? I was thinking, okay, there was a band on this list that I listened to that was like punk yelling, and this wasn't it. I wrote bad notes this time around, so. But turnstile Punk yelling. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think I just skipped through a bunch of the songs and was reminded of it. The reason I gave it so low is the same reason I get, wouldn't rate Weezer's vocals high. Is I find that it's just like off key kind of wailing. I just I doesn't grab me, and I've always felt the same way about Weezer. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> I would highly recommend you give them a, give it another chance. Okay, yeah, I'll give them another chance. I just thought I I absolutely loved it. They, I rated it higher than Axty, that's for sure. Okay. Anyway, vocals I gave four point two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on my list to listen to again because I. Uh... Like I say, I didn't write good notes for myself this time, and I'm finding it. Uh, I, I listened to all these when I was working out, and I just didn't like Turnstile at all. So, well, that's not good workout music. <laughs> Maybe that's why, as I was just like trying to pump iron <laughs> and listening mm-hmm. to Weezer, and it wasn't working. Yeah. Okay, I'll, gi- I'll give them another try, but let's go through these scores, and uh, if I revise my scores, I'll tell you next time we do it, here's what's spinning. Okay. Um, right, guitars and bass, I gave 4.0. I gave it 2.5. Uh, drums, I gave 4.3. I gave it 3. Because I thought that he was doing some really cool stuff in there. Um... Where is it? Song rating 
I give him a two for songwriting. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I gave it so high because it was just like it was a blend of genres that I've never really like heard before. Right. Yeah. Okay. And and again, it was like the repeatability for me. Like, I found myself just listening to the album through like a few times. That's fair. Okay. No, yeah, that's good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then production, I gave a four. I also gave a four for production. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll listen to it again and I'll come back to you with some answers because I must not have heard what you were hearing when I was listening to it. And uh, like I say, maybe it was just bad to listen to while I was working out and I was just mad. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that might have been it. Cause yeah, I don't, I didn't get the like, like the music was more punk influenced rather than like the vocals were. Right. In, in for me, they kind of reminded me of like Don Broco a little bit, but like a little mm -hmm. more like punky hard rock influence to them. Yep, that's fair. All right, let's enter the court of the dragon. Oh, finally. <laughs> Finally, I can stop being such a negative Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I have opinions. I'm sure we both have opinions. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this is the new album, In the Court of the Dragon, by Trivium. Mm -hmm. Trivium. 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 Well, what do you want to do? Um, scores first and then talk about it? Or what do you... Yeah, let, let's, do, let's do the total scores first. And then we'll do... Oh, the total score first. Yeah, and then we'll go through each and then talk about them together maybe what do you think all right hit me with your total score 23 and a half oh i thought for sure i was gonna rate this lower than you oh yeah my total score is 24.4 wow okay yeah <laughs> um by the way a very okay, good so what album. did you give <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, I actually let's start with some general comments i uh i found this album i could not stop listening to i basically put it on repeat for a day yep and uh just really got into it i thought that's uh everything about it was really good um my favorite songs yeah. were oh yeah hit me with it okay uh like a sword over Democles. Uh-huh. And um What was the other one? A Crisis of Revelation. Yeah. Um to quote you, Kyle did text me when he ha when he was listening to it during that day and he said Trivium just ear fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Here's what I have to say about this. Um, yeah, favorite songs. Yeah, Like a Sword Over Democles. The Shadow of the Abattoir. Yeah. And the last track. The Phalanx. The Phalanx. Mm. Um, in my opinion, those three songs, especially Like a Sword Over Damocles. Yeah. Top 
10 five best songs they've ever written totally. maybe yeah i don't know if it's in the top five i'd have to like really think about it recency bias puts it in the top five but for sure and i think if i if i uh i think that this album you had started like people were saying that it was going to be the best trivium album that they'd ever written and i have to agree with that personally i think that it's my favorite album interesting yeah for me for me shogun is still untouchable okay but i would say this album is better than ascendancy yeah and the right now i would put it at number three because i still think the sin in the sentence is just a touch better that's fair yeah I found um, I, I, yeah. the reason I liked it so much is I found that like it kind of took their maturation over the last six albums and kind of took a step back towards like their roots of like ascendancy and applied all their learnings yeah. to that album. Yeah. Um. Well, it's funny because like Trivium, like they've gone through like a ton of drummer lineup changes. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, Alex Bent is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of like they're just like starting a new. Thing like, you know, like that, that kind of like idea of like a new band, like their sophomore album is like really important yeah like if you, you could have a killer first album your your second album is like arguably more important to be really good to kind of keep going and then your third album you're kind of finding your legs that's right yeah that's how i feel about these like first three albums with with alex bent totally yeah is like the sin in the sentence was like just an incredible debut and what the dead men say was not as good but a, an awesome follow-up mm -hmm. and then this one is just even better yeah so it's kind of it's just like they're and it's crazy that they've been around since like 1999 and they're absolutely at the top of their game like they're yeah. hitting their peak i would say well and like i don't know enough about what other bands are doing but i know that matt Heafy is very um upfront about what like how he spends his time and what he does and I, one of the interviews i saw is he literally treats playing guitar and singing as a job so he spends eight hours a day 40 hours a week playing performing writing practicing and i think that yeah. it really shows all on twitch yeah all on twitch <laughs> Um, I think yeah. that it really shows in the, the like, if you go back to Ember to Inferno and played it and then played um, in the Court of the Dragon, like back to back, you'd see such a phenomenal uh, improvement in the, in the playing and the songwriting and the performance of the two. Oh, his, his vocals have never sounded better. No, exactly. <laughs> And like, honestly, they've never sounded better. And 
like ascendancy for me has that nostalgia factor, mm -hmm. even though I would put these over ascendancy, but Shogun still just for me <laughs> hits all the right chords. Right. And I just, I still think that's kind of like their magnum opus. Right. Just all encompassing. But I would like, cause I was kind of doing like a soft ranking I have, t I have a few things to say. There's a pretty, I have a pretty easy ranking in terms of like all of their albums. Because like Emperor to Inferno is definitely my least favorite. Me too. And yep. Shogun is definitely my most favorite. Yeah. And then from there on it goes, so it'd be Shogun, Sin in the Sentence, In the Court of the Dragon. Um... In Waves. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of that album. Okay. Uh, and then Ascendancy. And then, like, uh, The Crusade, Vengeance Falls, Silence in the Snow. Silence in the Snow is that load for you, hey? I can't stand it. Oh. <laughs> I think it's the worst, one of the worst things they've ever done. Oh, that's funny. I like that album a lot. That might, this might be a fun band to do uh, a similar thing to what we did with Iron Maiden. It would be very cool. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I wrote down that I wanted to say is I was trying to look back on, on all of this. Um, so this opinion might change, but this is my hot take. The, the sin in the sentence, what the dead men say and the court of the dragon, those three albums in succession. Yeah. Might be like the best trio of albums to be released in succession. Maybe ever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can see that for sure. Yep. Because, like, I'm trying to think of another one that, like, my first thought went to, like, Guns N' Roses, even though it's technically their only three albums, but, like, going from Appetite to Use Your Illusion 1 to Use Your Illusion 2 is, was, like, pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... But like even like some of my favorite bands like the Foo Fighters like I think of like there's three albums of theirs I really love but like they're not in, succession. in like succession like that even like Dream Theater yeah like there's two there's two that go in succession but then the one before and the one after like scenes and six degrees is I wouldn't put it up there mm -hmm. and so I was trying to think of them and it might be like the like the best three album cycle yep. ever. Okay, because cool. it's just so fucking good. So let's uh, we both agree that Trivium fucking killed it with this album. So let's uh, go through our individual yep. scores and figure out uh, where it is that you got higher than me. And I think I already know, but I'll be it'll be fun to yeah fun to say. We'll see. Okay. Uh, okay. So vocals. I think he's at the top of his game. I gave 4.9. Nice. I gave 4.7. Almost a perfect score for vocals. Yeah. And the reason I did it at 4.7 is because I actually think that he's still got room to go. I think we're, we haven't seen his peak yet. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because he puts so much okay. time in. Like, I, I just think that, like, he, he's just, yeah, he's got room to grow still. Yeah. Okay, guitars? Uh, 4.7. I gave a 5. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is Paulo 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 Greg Gregolioletto their bass player? Yeah. Is he like one of the most underrated bass players out there? Yes. He never comes up in conversation. No. And but he's so he good. He is like he's phenomenal. He's also one of their main songwriters that I don't know if a lot of people know like he writes the majority of the lyrics. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought Matt did all that. Yeah. Cool. He was, he is like the heart and soul of that band, I would say. And he's but, so humble. He's never in the spotlight. No. But his heart. And maybe that's why he doesn't really get talked about a lot. But I th- probably. But yeah, he's very quiet, and his uh, bass playing is phenomenal. And I love his voice too. His harmonies, like the way that he kind of brings yep. himself in on the vocal lines, is just. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you that he is incredibly underrated yeah and like his his tone yeah it, that ref, that reflection is in my production score but like that like the bass came through so well mm-hmm. in this mix and his tone is just immaculate i would say too yep yep, yep. um i would love to see trivium uh in one of their albums put out a song where he does all the lead vocals i think that'd be really cool that would be really cool trivium if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) yeah um let him take the lead on one song because like alter bridge does that like foo fighters do that like taylor hawkins sings a song solo it's like just let him let him take the lead on one song and i think it'd sound really cool totally uh drums I gave it five. An easy five. I wanted to give it 5.1. I know. I like, I I listened to it over and over and I was like, everything he did was in the right place. Like the blast beats were perfect. The kind of like cut time was perfect. The the Tom fills were like, everything was just perfect. And yeah, he knows, he just knows like, especially in songs like, um, maybe it is like the sort of, Damocles or like even Feast of Fire like he knows exactly when to like do like a simple 4-4 drum beat Yep, and then he'll just rip your face off with like one of the fastest Tom fills you've ever heard and you're just like what? (laughs) I know I like some of the like the the kick work one of my biggest complaints in the metalcore genre right now is that like the kick work almost always exactly matches the rhythm of the guitars and bass and it's very yeah. genty and i find that it just gets harder and harder to listen to i find that trivium like this album the the only times he did that created spice in the song every other time like his yeah. kick work was his and complemented the song but wasn't in unison 100 percent and yeah i'm glad you mentioned the some of the placements of his blast beats because it's just like they just sometimes they just come out of nowhere and they're like a little like little short spurt oh yeah like two bars <laughs> yeah man i found myself like i listened to the album through full once without skipping yeah and then at, when i listened to it again that's when i kind of like rewind parts and like go back and i swear i spent like a half an hour on like a sort of the damocles because i just kept rewinding parts and i was just like yeah man that song is unbelievable 
Totally. Um, songwriting. I gave a five. I gave 4.8. Okay. Just because there's one, there's one song on there that I kind of felt was a little bit of a dud. No way back, just through. I was like, eh. uh, yeah, that's fair. That is the weakest song on the album for sure. And that was the only one that, that was the only reason why I gave it a little bit lower. Okay. Uh, production. I gave a 3.8. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I gave a five. Wow. Okay. Because <laughs> I just felt like, I just felt, especially on like a good pair of headphones. Yeah. I just felt like everything came through, the bass especially. The guitars are always mixed really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the drums weren't too loud. Like the vocals were mixed really well. I don't know. I just thought it was... Yeah. I thought it just sounded very good. Yeah, so I, so I agree that the mix was really, really good. Where I lost points was there were some spots where there were some synths in the background and some textures in the background that I felt when I listened to in like my car, I couldn't hear them. When I listened to them in good headphones, that's mm. when I caught them. Mm. And I felt like they were a little bit underutilized. I feel like they added a lot to the song. There's one in particular, I can't remember what song it's in, but there's a really high, almost choral effect, like really high pitched choral effect that adds so much substance to the guitar riffs that I feel like it could have been higher. And the other reason Hmm. that it came in low is because it was, I found that the uh, overall uh, sonic signature of it was right in line with Ascendancy in that it was kind of mixed like a thrash metal album, which is cool, but Hmm. it's just not my favorite way to hear a song produced. Gotcha. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's where our discrepancy was, it sounds like. Yeah. Because everything else was pretty much... Pretty high. Yeah. yeah. 4.7 and up. <laughs> yeah. Trivia, man. Yeah. Well, that was, that, was, that was our list for this week. So, is there anything else that, that you wanted to, to mention, album, Adam, before we wrap up? I don't think so. Um, just remember, go back and listen to Kelsey's episode. That was really good. Yep. Go check out her music. Um, and we will be certainly recording another one of these because in one week's time, Dream Theater comes out. And so many other things. I don't even remember everything that comes out on the 22nd. No, I just remember it's going to be a hard week to keep up on. Well, I mean, I'm going to spend at least the first four days on Dream Theater. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend message me as we were recording this, and he said the, the Dream Theater album leaked a few days ago. And he was just like, buckle the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's just relentless energy. And like, that's what I keep hearing is just like super high energy for them. Like, um, I remember 
I saw an interview with John Petrucci saying there's not like a ballad on the album. Right. It's just all madness. All right. Very cool. And it's very hard because I still haven't heard a single. And (laughs) (laughs) all I want to do is hear what the album sounds like. Because I also keep hearing that it's the best like sounding album they've ever done and the drums sound better than they ever have. Which I didn't think there was a way up from that because there's been some good albums for drum sound. Well, especially with Mike Portnoy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mike Mangini's drum sound has been different every single album he's been in. And it's like it sounded the best with distance over time, but we'll see. Yep. Cool. So anyway... But we will, yeah, we'll do another episode for, for that one. And then uh, other than that, we're just going to keep trying to bring you uh, tasty musics, tasty guests. That's what we do here on the Adam and Kyle podcast. We do it for love. <laughs> <laughs> we do it for love. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah for another edition of here's what's spinning this has been the adam and kyle podcast that you are listening to right now uh you can find us on all of the socials instagram facebook maybe twitter one day but probably not um (laughs) twitter's dead (laughs) yeah twitter's dead just at adam kyle podcast email us adam kyle podcast at gmail.com give us some music suggestions and then uh yeah, as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, we just appreciate you listening to especially these ones because they're a little more directed towards heavy music. But um, we're always trying to expand our expand our music tastes. So that's right. Send some stuff in. Thanks for listening, and thank you for hanging out with us. Bye. Goodbye. Nice. Um, geez, an hour and a half later. Hello, everyone. It's Kyle here. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Please take a second to follow us on all of our social media. Links to our pages and any other material we talked about today are in the show notes below. Check back in next month for some additional conversation, laughs, and new music. And we wanted to give a big thank you to Adam's sister, Amanda Rishog, for designing our podcast cover image. She's a beautifully talented artist that has a tattoo shop here in Calgary called Living Prayer Tattoo. She specializes in fine line work, sacred geometry, and botanicals. Follow her online handle at Living Prayer Tattoo on Facebook and on Instagram, where you can find all of her work and booking information. And lastly, thanks again to Phoenix Song Productions for the continued technical and financial support, which helped make this podcast possible. We'll see you next time.